to Dear Sparrows Podcast. We now have an intro song, which is made by the very talented Joshua Height. So thank you to Joshua for uh, composing that together. I was happy to get all the sounds I wanted, especially the birdies at the end, because that's what I really wanted. Um, so today we are going to kind of be wrapping up a little bit on um, our February series, even though this is coming out in March, on... Um, dating and love and kind of looking at that in a different way. And so we've talked about um, dating unbelievers and looking at that, intentional dating. And we've also looked at singlehood, using that well. Um, Today we're going to talk about just kind of wrapping up um, on what to look for in somebody to date and kind of how to go about that in a godly fashion. Um, And then we're going to kind of move into next month, um, where I'm actually going to start on the identity series. So I'm excited and really blessed and humbled to share, um, that my new book unveiled will be unveiling in April. Um, so we're going to go through a series kind of chapter by chapter of that, just to kind of, um, get you guys pumped up about the book and to share a little bit of, um, what the Lord has shared with me in the process of that as well. So I'm really excited about that. So stay tuned for that in March um, and throughout April. And yeah, so let's talk about um, talking about who you, whom you should date. So a lot of times it's, it's hard because you're like, okay, we've, well, we'll establish that you should date somebody who's Christian, right? And let's establish even more somebody who is, is really sold out for the Lord, which means they don't just go to church to go to church. They, they live it, they breathe it. It's the everyday, right? And I think something to remember in that is the, it's kind of become a little cliche now, but saying, you know, you standing in a garage doesn't make you a car. So go, a person standing in a church doesn't make them a Christian. It's about the everyday. It's about the walk and your relationship with God and, and furthering in that. And, and we're not perfect. And there's times where we're going to be really on fire. And there's times where we're going to have a little bit more of a hard time um, walking and and staying on fire. But there's that overall feeling of what does your relationship with God look like? And I think um, really looking at somebody's fruit and that. And so, so that is such a Christian idiom. Let's see what their fruit looks like. Well, what does that actually mean? And what that means is what does their life look like? Are they somebody who you, they have people around them who are respectful that are honoring to the Lord, even their actions, when they're not doing something that's explicitly Christian, is it evident that they are carrying it out in a manner that is Christ-like? Um, the, the work of their hands, how do they spend their free time? Are they, are they blessing the Lord and what they're doing? Is it evident that they care about the kingdom and that they are striving to be the best version of themselves for the Lord? Um, so I think a lot of that, that's, that's what fruit looks like. It's what has manifested in their life, what has come forward, where have they chosen to plant the seeds of their time and what are they tending, right? Um, so going forward, Proverbs 10, 9 shares, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his way crooked will be found out. And so what that really is saying, the way you walk, the way you carry yourself, the truth's going to come out in the end. Um, I'm probably, so. I think for me, I'm probably honestly OCD about the truth. And I pray so excessively, probably daily, <laughs> that the Lord would reveal to me his truth. Um, because if we don't have the truth, what do we have? We don't have anything to stand on. We don't have a rock to stand on if we don't have the truth. And in John 15, it talks about how um, the Holy Spirit is the counselor of truth. 
And so what that means, if you have the, the word of truth, which is the Bible, the Holy Bible itself, and you have an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit so that you have the counselor of truth, walking in both of those, you're going to have the truth um, so much pardon the cat, um, you're going to have that truth to be able to walk forward in. So that means listening for the voice of God. What is what is the Lord telling you? And, and knowing that your actions, if they are truthful or if they are facetious, they're going to come out. That in time, pretty much everything comes out. I think you even listen to stories and it's things that people try to keep hidden and it's shocking. Um, the details and pieces that will come out in time, maybe even past somebody's um, lifetime. <clears throat> but that is something to to look at. You know, pray for truth. Pray that God would give you um, truth and revelation on this person and how they conduct and live their lives. And that, that was somebody that you should continue to consider. Um, and there's also Proverbs 31, which is such a coffee mug verse, but it is such a beautiful book too. And looking at, you know, specifically women, but I think even looking at um, anybody, it says when they speak, their words are wise and they give instructions with kindness. So how do they, how do they use their words? How do they speak with kindness? Do they speak with integrity? Do they speak in a way um, that is uplifting? Do they have good discernment with that? And that doesn't mean everybody has the ability to fall short at times. Everybody has the ability and it will fall short into gossip or just being stupid. But overall, do they speak in a way that is uplifting and kind? And do they live in that way as well? So I think looking at a lot of those qualities, you know, asking God for revelation and truth and, and really looking at who they are as a whole, that's a good way to you know, figure out, is this someone to date or not? I think above all else, looking at character. Um, you know, looks are great and they're fine. And that's one thing to catch your attention, but you need to not only stop there really, you know, looking to date and ultimately marry somebody for their character. That's where it really comes from. Who are they inside? Who are they in the Lord? Who are they among their friends and family? Is this somebody who has integrity and character and valor and, is going to be somebody that you can stand by no matter what. I would so much rather stand by somebody of good character than somebody who looks like a million bucks, you know? And um, I think it's truthful that someone's character, that shines out in them and it makes them even more attractive physically as well. So kind of looking forward, um, so what is the purpose of dating? And we talked about how there will be times where God might bring somebody into your life for a season and you were by God's will supposed to date that person. It wasn't against God's will. Um, maybe it wasn't his top thing, but there was somebody you were supposed to date because you learned a lesson. You learned something about yourself. You, um, were brought forward into something that God wanted to teach you, but they weren't supposed to be in your life forever. And that's okay too. They serve the purpose. But ultimately, looking at dating as a method of getting to know somebody, going in consistent prayer, and seeing if that is somebody that God would want you to spend the rest of your life with. Um, and that's a blessing, because even if, if the answer is no, then you have a, a clear answer of you know asking God when to call it, or, or being just wise and discerning of when to call it. But if the answer is yes, then you have that beautiful security that you can put your feet down, that you can share openly and you can um, allow that connection 
because that will only deepen in marriage. And there's a blessing in that. Um, so looking in that, um, and all of this is kind of based off a article I, I wrote for Crosswalk the other week. It was just talking about Christian dating and, and marriage and stuff. And then, you know, it's so interesting looking at the Bible and saying, well, what was dating in the Bible? And that's, that's a harder thing because dating as a concept is, is really a relatively new thing. It's more of a American kind of European thing, um, still in cultures today and in Indian stuff, there's arranged marriages and dating's not really a thing. And it's not the whole of India, but you know, part partially there's parts there, um, that you are just assigned up to somebody and that's who you're with. And we kind of have this idea of marrying for love, um, is more of a Western idea, but it's beautiful too. And looking at how really it might not have been exactly that in the Bible, it's still how God orchestrated it. And so, uh, one of the most pronounced is, is seeing how God, God arranged a marriage in a way, but it was, it ended up being, um, that God arranged this marriage and it ended up being so fruitful and blessed. And so one of those is Isaac and Rebecca. So the way that story goes down is Isaac was actually like in his forties, which is interesting. So knowing that no matter what age you are, God can bring the person. Um, so Abraham, Isaac's dad was like, okay, well, we need to find a wife for my son. So they, he sends his servant and he says, you're going to know, God told me that you'll know who she is because she'll, she'll do, you know, like when you ask her a question, she'll say this specifically or, or she'll do this or she'll show the yeah, utmost of kindness. He was, he was like, this is what God says you need to look for. So in a way that God was saying, this is what I want specifically to you to look for, for a wife for Isaac. So it's interesting that Isaac didn't go himself, but we're not really told why. So anyway, it says in Genesis 24 that the servant prayed and said, Lord, God of my master, Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master, Abraham. See, I'm standing beside a spring and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw, draw water. May it be said when I say to a young woman, please let down your jar that I may have a drink. And she says, drink and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one you've chosen for Isaac and I'll know you've shown kindness to my master. Okay, so let me stop there. Do not go and say, all right, Lord, whatever girl offers to get me a soda today, <laughs> she's my wife. That's not how this is rolling. This is not at all. There's a lot of orchestration and prayer and defined way that God brought about this woman. And what's also interesting is looking at how Rebecca herself when it what it meant for her to like also water the camels. So each bucket was like around a gallon. And so he had like a ton of camels with him. So she wasn't just willing to get him a drink of water, but it was gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons that she had to pull up from the well. So looking at that, that showed her heart and her integrity and her willingness to go the extra mile for a stranger. So what that really is showing is who her character was um, innately and how God had orchestrated and said, this is specifically what I want you to look for, and that will be her. Um, and the story goes further, and she, you know, we, we get kind of more about her heart, and they go back to her father's house, and they talk with her, and they don't just give away their daughter willy-nilly. You know, there's a lot of heart and intent and good talks made about it. Um, and they really make sure that that was the Lord directing that before they proceed. Um, 
And so really looking at how God truly arranged that marriage, but it ended up being such a fruitful and blessed marriage. They ended up being happy and in love together is, is inspiring. And, and we, we really neglect as a culture thinking these stories are old and they don't happen anymore. But King Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. And Hebrews 13, 8 says that God is never changing. So God still does these things just in different ways, right? There's, it's, you know, all kinds of different love, but never the same love twice. But he will still have different stories. So something I love doing is hearing how, how couples meet and how God brings people together. But really looking at the strongest couples are when God will bring a couple together um, through a variety of different ways, but how both of them will seek the Lord on their own to confirm that that is his, his will for their life, to be with this person. And it is very interesting to see how there's such an equal yoking on each side that God gives both of them such a confirmation, such a love, such a um, peace to progress forward. Even if that takes time and even if that takes um, them going into a time of contemplation to really seek out the Lord, seek wise counsel from others and um, define within their own hearts. But this is, you know, dating and marriage, that's the second most important relationship you'll have in your life, second only to that with the Lord. And so that's on God's heart, big time. And even looking at how in Eden, before there was any sin at all, when the world was truly and completely perfect, the first thing that God did after making Adam was he made Eve. So he made us to have relationship with him and with each other. And so looking at that being God's original intent for a perfect youth, a perfect earth, a perfect union, a perfect blessing, and that was his heart and intent for us. And where we, you know, Adam had a relationship with God and with Eve, and Eve had a relationship with God and with Adam, and it all worked together perfectly. And there's such a beauty in that. Um, and I say going further, I mean, there's so many different stories in the Bible of beautiful ways that God has brought together couples. Um, but really knowing that God is in ultimate control of that and handing him that baton um, and saying, God, I want you to choose for me. I want you to make it clear and evident so that I may bless you. He's, he's going to take that and he's going to bless that abundantly. He's not going to leave you disappointed. Um, even Hosea and Gomer, Hosea was a prophet and Gomer was literally this prostitute. And God said, I want you to go marry her. And at first he was like, nah, I'm good, man. And then in the long run of it, he ends up falling in love with her. And he truly loves her and she truly loves him. And looking at that and thinking, wow, even in like kind of the worst situation you can think of, like God asking you to literally go marry a hooker. And then they end up falling in love in the end. And that's, and that's the beauty of God and the stories that he writes. And, and knowing too, if we make mistakes, he's still, it's kind of like a GPS. There's still the destination we're going to get to. And if we go veer off and we, we take our own route for a while and we think we know what we're doing, and we get totally lost, he's still going to reroute us. It might take way longer, but we're learning that we can trust him and that going on his route is going to be the best route, that the shortcuts aren't worth it to really relying on him. And I think, too, just something of wisdom that um, might not be biblical, but I always held it close to my heart. My mom always said that she, she loved my dad so much and she loves him so much that she'd be willing to live on the street with him. And I think there's really something to be said with that, that she's willing, she'd be willing to live in a cardboard box. And 
I, my prayer is, um, that my husband would feel the same way about that with me because that's my heart too. It's, it's not about the money and the status and me really even being a provider. It's working together, um, to create a life that you love that person so much. You love the Lord so much and you value that the Lord put you both together, um, that you'd be willing to even live on the street and, and just looking at that. So I hope this has been encouraging to you guys today. And just knowing that, um, Seeking God, even though we are broken and we are flawed, seeking God for a relationship is going to be the best thing. But even taking any relationship, even friendships, to the Lord um, for Him to refine and define is going to be the biggest blessing of all. So if you guys have any more questions or any more topics that you would like discussed, please let me know on the page. Um, really love going through these with you guys and um, hope they bless you. So dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the listeners. And I just pray that... Um, you would continue to lead us into godly relationships, um, not only with each other, but most of all with you. Lord, I pray that um, you would be the Lord of our hearts and the first and foremost. Lord, we thank you, we seek you, and um, we just seek to praise your holy name. Amen. Thanks, y'all. Have a good week.